You're listening to the Ask Drone You podcast. You ask, we answer your drone questions. Whether you're here to turn your passion into profit or you simply fly for fun, we're a community of learners and teachers who aspire to achieve greatness. We are Drone You. Hey everyone, and welcome to another fantastic episode of Ask Drone You. This week in the drone news, we have a lot to go over. And as we get closer and closer to the fall season, the aviation industry is really taking to the skies. I say that because this morning we had all the balloons up in Albuquerque, and the skies are just getting fuller and fuller with balloons as Balloon Fiesta approaches us. And on that beautiful news, joining me today is Mr. Haya Castello from Drone DJ. Haya, welcome to the show, my friend. How are you? Hey, Paul. Thank you very much. I'm doing great here in New York. It's uh, starting to become a fall season here as well. We have the first trees that are already turning their leaves. It's getting more chilly in the morning. Beautiful daytimes, though. But uh, yeah, fall is uh, about to kick in, I think. You know, I'm excited for fall. I'm ready to get off these hot temperatures. Although I will say it was not as hot this summer um, as it was last summer. And I'm really, really happy about that. So with that said, you know, there is a lot of news going on this week, Haya. Some rather interesting news, too, because, you know, in the last couple weeks, we've been hearing about people using drones for nefarious things. And it looks like a lot of that has been shut down. And it looks like, you know, we're expecting a lot of news in the coming weeks as DJI Airworks is coming out and also a lot of American manufacturers are getting closer and closer to the holiday season when they are planning to launch their drones. But that brings us into this first week of news, Haya, which is actually quite concerning. It looks like uh, Senator Marco Rubio has teamed up with a couple of other senators such as Tom Cotton and Josh Howley in order to ban all federal agencies and federal contractors from purchasing Chinese drones. What's going on here? Yeah, this is called the uh, American Security Drone Act of 2019. It was just introduced this last Wednesday. Uh, A bipartisan group of lawmakers introduced this new legislation, and it has people uh, involved from both Connecticut and Florida, and both Republicans as well as Democrats. And basically what they're trying to do is ban any federal departments um, as well as other state agencies from using DJI drones. And of course, by now we know that a lot of fire departments, uh, police departments, Uh, emergency responders as well as state departments or federal departments, I mean, are using DJI drones. So if this bill actually goes through and becomes law and those departments will be banned from using DJI products, uh, that would be, uh, I think, a big problem for many of them. uh, Because right now, for a lot of these departments, there are no real alternative drones available. And just to give you some numbers, there was an article in the uh, Wall Street Journal that says that only the interior department already uses 600 drones. And apparently the um, at least 910 state and local police, sheriff, fire and emergency services around the U.S. are using drones as well. And 520 of those are DJI products also. So it seems that if this were to actually uh, come into effect, a lot of people would be scrambling uh, to find new uh, unmanned aircraft to use for these missions. But also you're, you'd be stuck with all these DJI drones. So 
I don't know if this has a real chance of uh, of going through. It seems like it would be very, very late in the game to uh, start banning DJI products. I think also a good question is like, hey, if we're so worried about other countries spying on us, and in this case, uh, specifically China with drones from DJI, shouldn't we also be worried about any other components that we use in our day-to-day lives that are produced in China? I mean, components that are part of your cell phones, uh, your laptops, your webcams, your uh, ring doorbell. I mean, there's so many technology products that we use in our day-to-day life uh, that are made in China. I'm, I'm wondering, uh, should we be concerned about those as well? Even though, of course, those don't fly and map our world, but still. So I don't know how quickly this might come into effect. Um, it's troubling and worrying for sure. I mean, somebody, it seems to, to have it out for DJI. Uh, they're under continuous fire for, what, the last two years at least. And uh, by the looks of this, uh, we're not at the end at all. Yeah, very interesting. One of the statements from the article that really struck me that was interesting, uh, and I quote, Like it or not, drones are our future. Without congressional action, adversaries like China and Iran will use drone technology as tiny Trojan horses to spy on our government, our critical infrastructure, or even our hospitals and homes. They say this bill will ensure that we don't send China and others a gold-plated flying invitation to steal our intellectual property undermine our domestic technology and spy on our communities. While I agree with you, I think it's very interesting uh, of all products to go after, they're going after drones. And again, it makes you ask the question, is it too late? Because here's this, if we eliminate federal agencies in addition to federal agencies, if we quote unquote prohibit the use of federal funds awarded through contracts, grants, cooperative agreements to state or local governments, from being used to purchase foreign commercial off-the-shelf drones or covered unmanned aircraft systems manufactured or assembled in a country identified as a national security threat. That would really kill a lot of public safety agencies, which are simply you know, uh, saving lives with these drones. And again, it also makes me wonder if this is kind of an uneducated knee-jerk reaction to DJI as you know, with like you said, in the last couple of years, there have been a lot of stop gaps put into place to really inhibit information gathering. For example, you know the DoD airspace editions and the uh, inability for DJI drones to take off in special use airspace or DoD airspace. Yeah. In addition to that, we've seen our own clients have been denied from using DJI equipment in those critical infrastructure airspaces. There have been protections put in place, so it makes me wonder how valid would this particular protection be, especially when the U.S. government has already developed a specific application to utilize DJI equipment without any information being stored, transmitted, or uh, relayed in any uh, form or function. So, again, I would say, you know, this is really interesting. We're going to stay on top of this, and it's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out because, again, does this hurt – the Americans more than it hurts the Chinese because, again, like you said, there are not really cheap alternatives or even alternatives that are comparable in price points whatsoever. So, again, very interesting to see how it plays out. I agree with you. It, uh, this seems a very much a knee-jerk reaction uh, fueled by fear, basically. I think there are a lot more intelligent solutions to solve this problem, uh, basically by restricting drones from communicating with the uh, the online world and therefore uh, transmitting information back to China. Um, drones are way too valuable. And for as long as we don't have any real uh, alternative drones available that are purely U.S. made, uh, I think we should be able to use DJI drones. And I think there are other smarter solutions that we can use rather than an uh, all-out ban on DJI products. 
I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. And this uh, next piece of drone news, it looks like across the pond, the regulators have wised up and actually thwarted a threat to Heathrow Airport, which was supposed to be using drones. Can't say how excited I am to hear more about this article, Haya, as I don't think drones should be used as a tool for protest, especially yeah. when they risk the lives of others who may even agree with the protesters. Yeah, exactly. I mean, in this case, uh, and I think this this very much comes from the whole Gatwick uh, fiasco last year when people found out uh, what happens when an airport uh, and airport officials are scared of drones and therefore have to shut down all the airport uh, operations. This group, um, they called the action Heathrow Pause. They basically wanted to shut down the biggest European airport uh, by using toy drones and flying those near or over uh, airport grounds. And as a result, basically shutting down Heathrow Airport. Luckily, this was stopped before it actually could take place last Friday. Um, on the Thursday, before they already arrested, I think, seven or nine people. On the day itself, they arrested even more people in England. Uh, and also, they had drone jamming equipment to make sure that none of the drones were actually able to take off. And there was some video footage of these protesters trying to fly their drones. And sure enough, they didn't really fly. Uh, so it seems that the jamming equipment uh, worked really well, although a lot of this jamming equipment is also, of course, very expensive. So if this threat was to take place at any other airports, you might wonder, OK, is every airport like Heathrow able to fund these kind of technologies to uh, prevent drone actions from taking place? However, at least at Heathrow, it was stopped. They made a number of arrests. And yeah, like you, I'm very happy that drones were not able to be used uh, in this shape or form and take part of uh, or become a part of a protest. I think you can agree or disagree with what these people are trying to achieve. Um, I think the way they were trying to achieve it by using drones to shut down airport is not something uh, you can support. I, um, it doesn't help anybody in the drone industry. I would not be in favor of it. I'm sure you wouldn't be either. Um, and I'm glad they were able to uh, to stop this before it uh, before it actually happens couldn't agree more i'm glad that drones are not being used as a tool for protest but it looks like another couple in this next piece of drone news might have actually learned that the hard way it looks like a couple decided to take flight in one middle east country and they may be staying there for quite some time what's going on here Hayat? Yeah, this is an Australian couple, uh, Jolie King and Mark Furkin, if I pronounce it correctly. Uh, seems like they're kind of the adventure Instagram type people who are traveling the world, taking pictures and using social media to basically make some money and fund their travel plans. And of course, what you see happening is that people try to take more risky photos in risky places or more exotic locations. And this couple traveled all the way to Iran and decided that uh, flying their drone in Iran was a great idea. Now, of course, Iran doesn't play by the same rules as, let's say, we're used to in Australia or the US or Canada or any of the Western European countries. And this couple now has been accused of spying and using their drone to spy on Iran. Now, the sentences that they issue are very, very tough. So the, both of these, guys, a, a girl and a boy or a man and a woman, they might be facing up to 10 years in prison. And of course, prison conditions in Iran are also not quite the same as uh, in our Western societies. So it seems that they're um, 
innocent drone flight, if you will, might have some life-changing consequences for them. Now, of course, we hope that uh, they will be released and uh, allowed to travel back to Australia. Uh, the Australian government, uh, I don't know to what degree they are involved at this point, but at least they said that they are monitoring the situations and, of course, trying to help as much as they can. But again, like Iran is not a country that um, we do business with uh, in the same way as we do with other Western European or American uh, countries. So it's a whole different animal. And I hope that the, uh, these two people will, uh, will make it home safely. Uh, this all happened earlier in the year. And as far as I know, they've been in prisons in Iran since then. So they must have been in prison at least for a couple of months, which I think is probably already pretty harsh uh, just for flying a drone. Uh, but yeah, we'll have to see how this plays out. I hope uh, I hope they'll release them soon. Uh, it's, uh, it's a bad situation to be in for sure. Yeah, I hope I hope that there's an amicable solution as well. Um, but yeah. it go it's a powerful lesson for those out there who are just flying drones for fun and doing it for travel. You've got to follow the rules. There are some countries that will enforce them, um, and it's really unfortunate the timing as well with everything that's going on between Iran and the rest of the world. Uh, so quite unusual timing. Oh, yeah. But also, it looks like there is a, another local local government that's taking uh, drones and flying extremely seriously as uh, tomorrow, or when this show airs, which is today, uh, the Storm Area 51 will take place. And it looks like there is now a TFR over that area to inhibit flight, which I find really interesting because if you were in the FAA commercial uh, pilot group yesterday... There was a guy who literally posted his Inspire 2 X7 right next to this sign that says no drones, stating that he had the uh, authorized permissions. Not sure if that's the case or not, but uh, what are the details here? What's going on here, Hayat? Yeah, so Storm Area 51 started out as a joke apparently on Facebook where somebody posted a planned event saying, hey, let's storm Area 51. Uh, if we get enough people down there and we all storm the barriers and try to get into that restricted area, uh, surely they cannot stop all of us. So the idea would be that if more people sign up and more people try to break in, then at least some of them will... Uh, uh, we'll make it into that restricted area and uh, hopefully see some aliens or alien technology, which is what they think is being hidden there by the U.S. government. Um, now, what happens on Facebook, of course, is that sometimes something small and that was started as a joke uh, may actually take a life of its own. And uh, when we wrote this article on September 16th, so earlier this week, uh, 2.1 million people had already expressed interest in joining and actually going down to Area 51 to uh, to storm that area. So I think this blew way uh, up way beyond anybody's expectations. As a result, um, they issued the FEA now issued a TFR. Um, over Area 51 and even some of the surrounding areas. So Area 51 is part of a military training zone. Um, under normal conditions, you wouldn't be allowed to fly that uh, a drone there or even enter that uh, space anyway. Uh, now they issued a TFR that covers that area as well as some of the surrounding areas, just as a warning and a precaution, I guess, to make sure that nobody's going to try to fly their drones uh, to record this whole storm Area 51 event. Um, I don't know how many people are actually going to show up. Um, I think it's uh, it's a it's a bad idea anyway. But the government seems to take it seriously enough to at least issue a, a TFR. And yeah, I guess we'll have to see what happens and how many people are crazy enough to actually uh, go down there and try to get access. Um, which actually brings me to another point. 
Um, earlier this week, uh, two Dutch people who have a YouTube channel, two Dutch guys, um, and a pretty big following. I think they have like over 700,000 people subscribed to their channel. Uh, they already went down to Area 51 to set up camp, basically, and start making a story before the uh, Storm Area 51 event was about to take place. And they've been arrested. So... Um, the signs are already there that the government's going to take this serious. If you're down there and you think it's a great idea to uh, to storm a uh, official U.S. military training zone, then uh, I think you should count on being arrested. I don't think the government is gonna is gonna tread lightly on this. Yeah, it looks like they're not going to tread lightly. In fact, it may be the reason why they added the TFR was to essentially say, "Hey, don't fly your drones, otherwise we're going to arrest you." It gives them another reason to lay the smackdown, as they would say. Well. Uh, interesting to see what's going to happen at Storm Area 51. Very, very, very interesting. Um, but in other drone news this week, more and more teasers come from Skydio as they showcase the Skydio 2 and its capabilities. Haya, what exciting uh, news do you have for us today? Yeah, late this summer, Skydio announced that uh, they're going to launch a new drone. And we already knew that they were working on something, but they made an official announcement late in the summer. And since then, we've seen teaser videos. And the teaser videos are uh, were interesting because the first one showed that the design of the new Skydio, and we'll, we'll call it the Skydio 2 for now because that's the name that they've been using, is different than the original Skydio R1 as it doesn't have that frame around the drone. So the design seems to be more like a DJI Mavic, for instance, four legs quadcopter but no frame around uh, the, the propellers basically the second video they showed a couple of weeks ago you saw a drone flying backwards pretty fast avoiding obstacles and filming the environment which basically was a big car body shop um, an interesting little thing was that you could actually see the drone pilot holding some kind of a controller as he was flying the drone. And you could tell by his movements, he was like trying to look around obstacles to see where the drone was going. Um, so that might be an indication that the Skydio uh, 2 actually has a physical remote controller like uh, we have with, uh, for instance, the uh, DJI Mavic 2, uh, which would make it a lot more fun and a lot more precise to fly. Now, in the third teaser, uh, Skydio released some images that were taken with the Skydio 2. Now, these images are JPEG files. They are shared on Facebook. So that makes it really hard to judge these images because you're going to lose a lot of re resolution and um, the file size is being compressed. So you're not going to get the same quality looking at these images as if you were to download them straight from the drone. However, uh, there are a few things that you can learn from seeing these images. And one of the most uh, exciting things I thought was that uh, the dynamic range, so the ability of a camera to deal with highlights and shadow uh, areas in a photo seems to be quite good. Uh, there are a few pictures in here that uh, have heavily backlit situations, which gets you an image that has a lot of contrast and a lot of dark areas and very bright areas. And it seems that the camera is very well able to deal with those differences. Skydio says that they've used an entirely new camera for this drone. So the technology from the R1, of course, uh, at least goes back two years. So technology has progressed, cameras get better, sensors get better, and it seems it's Skydio put in the best possible camera that they uh, that they could get their hands on for the Skydio 2. Uh, so that's very exciting. We still don't know when Skydio is going to release this drone. I, th I have a feeling that it's going to be pretty soon. I mean, if you look at the comments and uh, the response from Skydio in that Facebook article, uh, they're definitely hinting at a release sooner rather than later. 
I'm very excited about it. Um, I think it's a great drone. Their self-flying capabilities are, are pretty, uh, pretty amazing. So if you combine that with a remote controller and a really good camera, they might have a really good product on their hands. And of course, as we know, they are going to try to compete head on with DJI and really focus on the DJI Mavic 2 Pro. So if they're able to do that and get a drone uh, that has those kind of capabilities at a competitive price point, then all of a sudden we might have a very, very exciting American drone on our hands. And I think right now will be an awesome time for an American company to launch such a product. So I'm very excited about this, actually. I'm very excited about it as well. Uh, in fact, I'm excited to see when it does release, which I think if I were to look up my crystal ball, Haya, I'm going to say mid-November, and I'm really looking forward to it, as I'm, uh, many other people are as well. In fact, actually speaking to a couple pilots yesterday, everyone is saying, man, if we can get another compact global shutter drone, bye-bye DJI. So, um uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited myself. I, I want to see what happens. Yeah. But, you know, speaking about DJI, as we mentioned them in the beginning, Airworks is, you know, next week. And typically yeah. I go to Airworks. It would be my one year anniversary of knowing you and getting to know you as a friend. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, we had booked the NTSB accident reconstruction training way before Airworks announced their dates. So we're going to have Vic out there. Vic will be representing DroneU at Airworks but unfortunately, I will not be there. Now, that being said, it looks like that you have a new piece of news on what we can expect to see at Airworks this year. Yeah, DJI uh, actually sent out an email earlier today um, with a new image. And let me just see if I can pull it up here real quick. Uh, it's an image of a tractor in a field. And they say that we should get ready. And I'll, I'll quote here. Uh, the future of smart farming is almost here. September 24th, 2019. That's DJI Airworks, which officially uh, opens on September 24th, runs until Thursday the 26th. Um, last year, when we were at Airworks, their focus was much more, it seems, on uh, inspection companies, infrastructure, construction, mining, those kind of businesses. Farming, for sure, was addressed as well. But it seems that this year they might actually focus on farming and uh, yeah, really emphasize that industry and how drones can make a difference there. So that's one thing to look out for. Of course, at Airworks, DJI is also going to uh, show some new hardware, and some of that we already saw earlier today. Uh, they're going to have a methane gas detector and a new spotlight for the Matrice 200 and 210 drone series. And so these are not for the Inspire. They're not for some of the smaller consumer drones. These are very high-end and likely very expensive sensors. The first one is a U10 UAV-based laser methane leakage detector, meaning that from your drone, you should be able to uh, spot and detect any leaks of methane gas. Now, I've heard some people talk about how effective a solution like this might be and whether it's uh, it's effective enough to, to detect methane gas releases uh, by use of the drone. Um, on the other hand, uh, I would think, I mean, I'm not an expert on this topic at all, but I would think that uh, there must be some use case for this. Otherwise, DJI probably wouldn't uh, bother trying to get one of those sensors on uh, on their drones. The second one is a gimbal spotlight, uh, a Wingsland C1, um, C15 gimbal spotlight, which really is a very, very bright, very strong spotlight. We know from the... Um, 
DJI Mavic 2 Enterprise that's uh, using a spotlight can be very beneficial and can be of great use. To, so to get a stronger spotlight available on some of their larger drones that also are used by first uh, responders, as well as police departments and fire departments, I think is a great offering. So at Airworks, um, DJI already confirmed in a tweet uh, back to Drone DJ earlier today that these products are going to be on display. They also hinted at other products that we would be able to get our hands on Um which I think they probably mean the Monday, which is a media-only exclusive event where we were, uh, might be able to get our hands on some new uh, DJI hardware. Now, don't get all excited. I'm not expecting any new consumer or prosumer drones or products to be released at Airworks. Airworks is really focused uh, exclusively at enterprise and commercial drone solutions. Um, however, I think that they will have something in store for us that, uh, that's going to be pretty exciting and it's going to be some new drone equipment. Uh, I'm not sure if it's going to be a new drone. More likely, it's going to be tools and hardware that you can use with drones, such as the uh, Matrice 200 and, uh, and 600 models. We'll be covering Airworks extensively next week. I know Vic is going to be there as well. So expect a lot of news coming out on Drone DJ and Drone U and articles on Twitter and Facebook as well. So stay tuned for that. And it should be an exciting week next week. Yes, it really should be an exciting week. I will say, though, if we go back to the very first article that we talked about with the uh, Drone Security Act of 2019 and critical infrastructure, if that bill were to go through, I'm not really sure there would be any buyers of the U10 camera as typically methane is leaked from, uh, you know, uh, gas pipelines. Um, there's a lot of gas pipelines here in New Mexico. In fact, one of the testing corridors is just south of Albuquerque. But also in any of the uh, propane plants and any of the fracking, you know, methane is essentially can be leaked. But again, that's typically critical infrastructure. So the implications mm. for this first article could really okay. be uh, widespread and massive if they really go into effect, which I hope they don't, frankly. Um, but yeah. I hope it's a great opportunity to maybe input some more safety protocols, just not a right out, straight out ban. Now, the yeah. light, I think, is uh, really cool. And uh, again, you know, this they, they just are serving the M210, M200, and uh, it would be nice to be able to see this type of stuff available on more aircraft. But excited to see what comes out of Airworks. Kind of bummed that I'll miss it. Keep me uh, updated on the media day, Haya, and hopefully we can uh, get some great material out of that. But other than that, we have you know one last, or actually two stories that involve DJI. And the first one is the fact that DJI actually updated the Phantom 4 RTK this week offering a lot of updates to the firmware uh, and a lot of updates to the bird itself as far as what it can do. In addition, the new remote finally came out, the SDK remote, which would actually allow third-party developers to utilize the P4RTK to do complex mapping missions. You know, as a lot of people know, Haya, the P4RTK is limited in what application it can be controlled by and thus how it can acquire data. So really excited that this new remote is coming out. There's also some feature enhancements that we're really trying to get a hold of. And one of those feature enhancements is, again, the ability to do block segmentation to essentially map larger areas into multiple missions, which if you remember was in a supposedly a firmware update previously, but because it's being you know re-released, I'm guessing that it didn't completely work. 
So excited to now see this. I've got some screenshots here in front of me. Hopefully they'll make it into the show. Um, but the other thing that DJI said is that, hey, now you can utilize the base station as a rover. Now, this is really interesting because this could fundamentally decrease the cost of essentially having a high-grade GNSS GPS rover that you could mark your GCPs with. Now, here's the thing, Haya. This is what a lot of people are really missing. If I fly the P4 RTK, in order to get RTK corrections, I have to have access to the N-Trip network. Now, that network is essentially a, a network that you access over cellular data or over a Wi-Fi connection to essentially apply corrections to the elevation data of the drone to get an extremely accurate positioning. Now, from what I've heard from a couple of my good friends and researchers is that you can still, you know, connect to the N-Trip network from the copter to the remote, but when you want to utilize the base station as a rover, it looks like some pilots are having success with this working and other pilots are not, which was really interesting as well because in order to actually utilize the base station as a rover, you have to connect the remote control to the rover and you're actually utilizing that remote control to control the rover itself. Now, we're trying to figure out what is the problem, why are some people able to get you know, the fixed float solution for the rover and some people are not able to get it? Well, I think I've actually boiled it down to the RTK network protocol. What am I talking about? Well, if you remember one of the previous releases for the P4 RTK, we talked about its ability to connect to the RTCM 3.1 uh, network and essentially be able to talk to multiple towers and multiple, uh, uh, you know, casters and able to get its enabled. Ugh, I can't talk today in order to get its uh, its corrections. So typically, and I showed you this in pre-show, there's yeah. multiple, you know, protocols to connect to the RTK network. You know, there's the RTCM 3.1, there's the IMAX network, there's a bunch. So the thing is, though, is that it looks like there is not a way to select the RTK network protocol. So some users, depending on the state and depending on the state uh, network protocol, some users are seeing success in utilizing <laughs> the ground station as a rover, but our two testers were still unable to gather points with the rover and base station itself. Now, here's something even more interesting, Haya. You know, we actually did connect with someone who was able to record points and able to connect to the network. So they got it to work, but they were in a different state than a couple of our other researchers. But here's the thing. When you actually export those points, the file type that it exports to is very complex. But in addition, the file type does not have the state plane coordinate system and it does not have the geoid model built into the numbers. So typically the users would have to you know, gather the points, export the data, and then send that data into something like Trimble's Pathfinder solution to actually correct that data and then import that data into whatever mapping processor they're utilizing. I don't know about you, but that sounds like an astronomical amount of workflow for me, which is why, again, the propeller network utilizing the P4RTK, in my mind, is just still the most valuable network out there as it utilizes a very specific datum for elevation, which has already been an issue uh, with you know DJI. 
That being said, you know, if they can add the RTK network protocol, this really could drive down the cost of having, huh? you know, a high-grade GPS rover. Now, that being said, um, at, you know, what I've heard in the surveying and the engineering community is that a lot of people uh, would not essentially trust the DJI rover because, look, this is a company that's getting into geospatial data that really hasn't been in geospatial data you know, Geospatial Alley is really, you know, your neck of the woods in, in Holland and Europe. Um, but that being said, uh, most of the surveyors and engineers that I'm hearing from are saying they would actually rather utilize their checkpoints and their GCPs with some sort of other GPS solution like a Trimble R10, a Total Station, a GS18 from Leica, because that is a known and trusted technology. So again, super excited about this firmware update and the new capacities of the P4RTK system, but we're just not there yet. And what I've heard from a lot of users, Haya, is that most of the people who buy the Phantom 4 RTK, you know, they get the, the base station and they end up leaving it in their basement because they connect to the NTRIP network with just the copter, take all their photos, do one GCP and a ground control point just to ensure their data is good, and they're utilizing just that. So does this add a lot more value for potential mappers, uh, I would say it's yet to be seen. Um, we're definitely on the right navigational path and excited about what DJI is doing and adding value to their equipment. Now, that being said, uh, still seeing a lot of people using the P4P and the P4A for their mapping solutions with standard GCPs. But again, we have surveyors down in Florida who are utilizing just the P4P RTK not the ground station, not the rover, just the unit itself, and then utilizing known control points to essentially test that data against. And they're using just uh, RTK, just RTK drones. But we also have another large group of mappers that won't touch the thing because there are still some issues with a lot of processing solutions. So very interesting. Uh, had to really go down the rabbit hole to actually see whether this worked or not and just want to say thank you to everyone who provided us with that data. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Glenn Johnson, for really providing me with a lot of data and a couple other people because, you know, hi, one of the big issues in, in the Facebook commercial group is it's really gone kind of down. Uh, it's kind of fallen off, I would say. And you get certain people in there who kind of control the conversation and you don't really get honest answers anymore. It's almost like the group has kind of lost its value. So had to really, really go down the rabbit hole to see if this actually worked or not. And it looks like, again, it's working for some, but it's not working for everyone. Yeah. Well, I'm far from a uh, drone mapping expert, but it seems to me that DJI with uh, DJI Terra and their uh, Phantom 4 Pro uh, RTK, that they are pretty serious, though, in, in addressing this market. And wouldn't it be, in your mind, another classic example of DJI just rushing a product out, bringing it to the market, and then after the fact, trying to correct and fix it and get it to actually work properly with firmware updates? And uh, could this not be resolved with, let's say, yet another firmware update down the road, do you think? Oh, I'm sure it could be resolved with another firmware update, but I think, it, once again, you nail it on the head. You know, DJI has been known to beta test on their clients all the time, and this is kind of why we haven't put out our mapping class on the P4RTK just yet. There's just so much more to still be worked on to really make this a powerful tool. And when you can do mapping with, you know, a set of arrow points and a regular Phantom for about two grand versus eight grand for this thing, you know, you have a lot of people out there who are still just using the P4R, the, the P4P 
and a known workflow that that continues to just prove its value. So again, can you know can we get more out of this drone in the future? I really think we can, and I really think DJI is pushing towards it. Um, I just think that <laughs> still needs a little bit more to get it there. And we're like we're in, yeah. you know in the quarter four, but we are still at the five yard line on the opposite side of the field. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think you uh, got that right for sure. Hopefully, they'll keep pursuing this and uh, keep launching new firmware updates, and maybe one day we will get there. Yeah, I hope so. But that also brings us to our last piece of news, Haya, which is all about the P4P V2. Looks like it's back on the store. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, we've been speaking about this well, for the last couple of months, basically. And at some point, we knew that uh, the Phantom 4 Pro version 2 was going to make its way back to the uh, DJI official online store. Um, about, what, a week, two weeks ago, they had removed the Phantom series completely from the store, uh, which was kind of worrying. Uh, although we had some some firm uh, information from Industry Insider saying, hey, it's, it is going to make its way back. Uh, sure enough, uh, this is now, what, Five, six days ago, uh, the DJI Phantom 4 Pro version 2 was back in the online store. It's still not uh, in stock, so you can't actually buy it, but it is listed again. And the other Phantoms are not listed anymore. It's just the Phantom 4 Pro version 2.0. And unfortunately, it's now also listed at a higher price, which of course is no surprise really, uh, when you think of all the uh, ongoing trade war issues and the tariffs that were put into place. Uh, We already spoke about and reported on the uh, higher prices on some of the other DJI products. And it now seems that the DJI Phantom 4 Pro version 2 is not going to escape this uh, same faith. Uh, the price is now going to be $1,729, which is uh, significantly higher than it used to be. Uh, you can also buy the version that comes with the uh, DJI Goggles Racing Edition. And in that case, you'd be paying $2,128 for that set. So uh, the good news, it's... Looks very, very likely that this drone is going to make its way back into the store. So you should be able to buy it again, hopefully still in September, if not in October. The bad news is that uh, you can't buy it today. We still have to wait and it is going to be more expensive than it used to be. So uh, good and bad news at the same time. But that's the latest update we have for you on the uh, on the DJI Fan 4 Pro version 2.0. No, it's very good. It's very good. Again, we're excited to see, you know, what comes out. We see that FreeFly has a new drone. You know, we there's so much coming out. Yeah. Um, you know, it makes me wonder if the Phantom gets replaced by an American Phantom, and they call it the Phantom spelled with an F, as in Foxtrot, <laughs> because that would be yeah. funny. If DJI keeps messing around uh, much longer, then I think they're going to face some more serious competition from different angles. And a lot of them are going to be uh, American companies, which would be a good thing in my mind. I could not agree more. And, you know, a lot of people are suffering because of the trade war. But if that is the outcome, I, I think it is well worth it. But um, I think that actually brings us to the end of this week's drone news. If that's all you got. That's all we have on our end. Uh, I think it was a pretty good show this week again. I could not agree more. I think we actually yeah. covered a lot of ground. It will be interesting to see how this Drone Security Act plays yeah. out. In addition, it's going to uh, really, really affect a lot of people, especially, you know, people like Bill. You know, the NTSB, they're using drones every day to gather insights and data on accidents to make the world a safer place. And it makes you wonder, are we hurting ourselves more than the Chinese if something like this were to be implemented? So lots of questions, very little answers. 
Yeah, I think I think that bill is going to get quite a bit of pushback. I don't see this uh, coming into law anytime soon, to be honest. I mean, there's just too many people that already have vested interest in DJI products and there are other are solutions to address these concerns. So I would imagine that this bill is going to get a lot of pushback from different parties. For sure, for sure. Well, Haya, thank you so much for joining me today for this week's Drone News. Really do appreciate it and appreciate doing these shows with you. I know a lot of people were upset we didn't have a news show last week. But with everything that kind of came down this week, I think it makes sense. So I want to say thank you again for being here with me. Thank you as well. It's always a pleasure doing these shows together, Paul. So uh, I'm in. It's cool. I, I enjoyed it as well. And for the audience out there, if you enjoy these shows, please don't forget to subscribe to the channel, whether you're watching on YouTube or you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave us a review as it helps other people find our podcast. And it helps educate the community as a whole, which, as you know, a responsible flight community means that we can retain our rights to fly. So, Haya, thank you so much again for joining me. That is going to do it for us today. And thank you again for listening to another awesome episode of Ask Drone You. We believe that videos, images, words, and sounds have the absolute power to inform, inspire, and entertain. We reject indecision, confusion, and vanity, for they work against the community. We are united under the virtues of safety and knowledge. We are a training community of learners and teachers who encourage and energize each other to achieve greatness. We are pilots, videographers, photographers, freelancers, business owners, enthusiasts, experts, and apprentices. We are creators. We are the Drone Youth.